Hey, if you like free stuff, you're going to like Tim's Rewards by Tim Hortons. You can earn free food or drinks after every seven purchases. Cool. How do I win? Um, it's not a contest. You just use your Tim's Rewards card. And after seven purchases, you score a free coffee, tea, or baked good. Whoa. So I've got a pretty good chance of winning. Well, actually, you've got a 100% chance of winning. Those are great odds. <laughs> they sure are. Free coffee and more with Tim's Rewards. It's Tim Hortons' way of saying thanks. Valid only at participating restaurants. Please visit restaurant or timhortons.com slash rewards for full program details. Roto Grinders presents the Daily Fantasy Fix Podcast. Dan Bach talks to the biggest personalities in DFS, delivers commentary on the industry's most important topics, and gives you the advice you need to help build winning lineups. Both the salary and the matchup are just too good. If you are not playing him in your head-to-head games, you are just going to lose. You didn't really think we were going to get rid of that, did you? Here's your host, the one and only, Dan Bach. Hey everybody, what's going on? Welcome, it's a Thursday edition of the Roto-Grinders Daily Fantasy Fix Podcast. I'm Dan Bach, back with you today after a three-day hiatus over at the Fantasy Sports Trade Association Summer Conference. Had a great time out there meeting up with a lot of different people within the industry and obviously we've had some big, big news hits regarding the FanDuel and DraftKings merger, so I will give some commentary on that. Big thanks, of course, to Travis and Josh for manning the ship over the last few days to bring you the uh, daily strategy content, which I know you've come to expect here on this show as well. So thanks again to them. And uh, of course, thanks to Fantasy Draft. They are the uh, title sponsor of this very show. They are less than 15 days away until their big $100,000 golf GPP called the walk-off. It's a $55 buy-in, and uh, they basically are running qualifying tickets for that tournament each and every day on their site. So uh, that's going to be one of the biggest baseball tournaments they run all year long. If you haven't tried them out, please go through our links over on Roto Grinders, and then you get access to our premium content over there. And again, a nice change-up from what you see over on FanDuel and DraftKings. Uh, of course, the setup there, very different. couple of starting pitchers. And then no specific positions, infield, outfield, utility, and uh, of course, you know, rake-free head-to-head games where uh, if you're playing head-to-head, there's no reason not to do it with no site fees, and that's the case over on Fantasy Drafts. So check them out. Uh, Single-entry games, also uh, they have other games by your skill level. So if you're an intermediate, beginner, expert, they kind of got those set up as well. So check them out, fantasydraft.com. All right, let's get into it because uh, I've been able to say some things on Twitter about the uh, the FanDuel DraftKings merger, but you know it's always hard to kind of express your point um, with a limited number of characters that you have. So I'm going to try and explain it the best that I can, and I want to premise this real quick by saying that I'm not really for or against it one way or another. You know, I think some people will take this opinion and say, oh, Dan, you're just shilling for the sites. You're thinking that, you know, FanDuel and DraftKings, they want this, and you're in business with them, so of course you're behind it. I I don't know. Like, all I want is a strong and healthy daily fantasy sports industry. That's what I want more than anything. So keep that in mind. That is what the source kind of of this opinion is about. Because if you obviously didn't hear on Monday... The fantasy or the uh, the FTC, uh, the Trade Commission, basically came out and put the ixnay on 
the DraftKings FanDuel merger and uh, said, hey, you know what? We're going to basically take you to court. We're going to give you a challenge on this and we're going to prevent it from happening. They were supposedly supposed to be able to close on this on Tuesday, but it seems like this is going to go to court and uh, nothing is going to happen until November. And you know, this is something which I think was a little bit surprising to me. I know some people predicted that this would take place. Uh, I was a little surprised by it because simply, I've normally you get a little bit of scuttlebutt around saying, oh, you know, this isn't going to go through. And it seemed like everybody was fairly optimistic. I thought their argument about um, them being a, you know, a subset of a larger industry of fantasy sports is not an, a bad argument by any measure. And, you know, when you looked at other companies, for example, Sirius XM, uh, there were two companies that were a subset of a larger industry of radio, and they needed to come together so they could streamline their business, their operations, and that, that is something that they allowed because they pretty much had to do it for survival of that business and the cost that it that it took to run. And uh, I felt like that somewhat applied here to FanDuel and DraftKings. And uh, especially when you consider how neither of these two companies are making any money at this point in time, uh, I thought that they probably would have let this go through. And they didn't. And that's obviously in their right to do it. And uh, obviously, the courts will have a say potentially on whether or not this goes through. But I'll say this much: it doesn't look good. You know, if this was the uh, the the ruling that came down, I think it's going to be an uphill battle for them to win. But my problem is, you know, some of the rhetoric that I've been reading, whether it's in our forums and by uh, mainly in our forums and in you know people who might not be as informed about the industry uh, about why they were so happy and excited that this took place. Because I don't think this is a good thing for the DFS industry. Uh, Let me say that. Because I know typically you look at yourself and you say, you want to prevent monopolies. It is bad for the consumer. And I, I obviously know economics. I realize that. But I also believe the FTC looked at daily fantasy in the same way that they look at other businesses. And... I don't necessarily think that applies. This isn't, you know, Coke and Pepsi coming together to own 95% of the soft drink business. Uh, That's a long established situation, long established business where fantasy sports, especially daily fantasy sports, is very young in its infancy. And if you look at what was written in the FTC's Uh, press release about this, and I'm going to read it verbatim, Um, I I think they missed the mark here. Um, And they said, I quote, this merger would deprive customers of a substantial benefits of direct competition between DraftKings and FanDuel. The FTC is committed to preservation of competitive markets, which offers consumers the best opportunity to obtain innovative products and services at the most favorable prices and terms consistent with the provisions of competitive returns to efficient producers. Uh, so basically, in short, that's a very wordy version for them, I think, to say, you know, if these two come together, they're going to raise the site fees, they're going to raise the rake on their games because the players have nowhere else to go. 
That's really what I got about that. And if you look at some of the earlier statements that they had had about their review, that was one of the concerns that they really had. But I think first and foremost, people need to realize that FanDuel and DraftKings merging, I don't think this is an agreement that came together out of greed. I don't think it's something that came together out of we want to bone the customers. I think this is something that came out of pretty much necessity considering all the costs that these sites are incurring. Uh, The duplicate costs that they have, whether it's marketing and advertising, whether it's just running the day-to-day operations, the legal matters that they obviously have to do with, with trying to reach regulation, uh, it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, even though there was no certainty on what a a combined company would look like, I felt fairly certain it was going to be a combined platform. I really did because that really lent themselves to, you know, be able to streamline all those things that I just spoke about and save them the money, which they clearly needed to do because we've also had documents that came out and it basically showed how much money these two companies have lost over the years. Now, obviously, a lot of that is on is their own fault uh, because they spent so much on marketing and advertising, which you know, some people will say it was over the top, and it probably was, but it also, you know, grew their business enormously in a very short amount of time. But, you know, are there regrets on that front in the style in which they did it? I'm sure there probably is. And if you look at the profitability of these companies, there is no profits to be had right now. And, you know, the interesting thing is, you know, it says the merger is going to deprive customers of substantial benefits of direct competition between DraftKings and FanDuel. I think that's completely missing the mark here because I don't know, because these companies have competed against each other for years now. And have we really seen um, substantial benefits from that competition? I mean, does the FTC really think that these two companies that really don't think too fondly of each other, that I honestly, again, don't believe had a lot of interest in necessarily even working together if they didn't have to, do do they really believe that suddenly one is going to be able to come out tomorrow and cut their rake in half and give a better pricing experience for players? Do they really think that's going to take place? Because I don't think it will. If anything, I think it's the opposite. And that might sound really, really strange and say, Dan, how is that the opposite? Well, in terms of these sites to potentially even survive moving forward, it wouldn't surprise me one iota to have to see them raise rake because of this. And I'll get to the rake discussion a little bit later here as well, because uh, I, I think that talk is... Well, it, I'll get to it later. Let's just put it that way because there's certain aspects of that which I think are a little bit overstated. But the number one thing for me is over the years, we've seen the player awards dwindle. We've seen rake already increase year after year after year. And I don't see how that trend changes anytime soon. Because again, these sites still have to pay the bills. These sites, believe it or not, still have to market themselves. They're not never going to market like they did in 2015 when they spent a billion dollars on advertising in like four months. That's never going to happen. But they still do have to have an advertising and marketing budget. Of course they do. 
Um, and I, I just don't think for a single second that this quote-unquote competition between these two does anything to really quote-unquote benefit the players. And people will say, well, Dan, how do we know that they don't just jam up the rake to 30%? You know what? I guess we don't really know that. But I'll tell you what, one thing we do know in the current status quo and what we've, the FanDuel, DraftKings separate company um, being run, I'll tell you exactly what we have seen every single year. Less benefits and higher rakes. So I know what's happening when they don't merge. That trend has already shown itself. And I don't think that trend's going to change anytime soon looking at the numbers that were shown, the revenue versus um, expenditures that you know was leaked out in that Axios article. So I know what I'm getting there. I don't know. I It, I, it is an unknown for me to, to think that they are definitively going to do it. Is there a good chance they would? Probably. Do I think it would probably come more incrementally as a combined entity? I think it would almost have to out of the simple fact of it would be completely obvious and a slap in their customer's face for them to like double rake tomorrow if they merged. And you know what? I, I do think there some of the statements that I've read from guys like Matt Kalish and, and Jason and, and, uh, and Nigel, I don't, I, again, I don't think this was a merger to just bury the consumer. And I don't, I, I, again, I think this was done because it was something that both sides realized in the current environment, we have to do it. So that's where I'm disappointed in this because uh, I really don't believe for a single second it's going to make the experience, quote unquote, better for players that it didn't happen. And that's kind of what I'm looking at. And then you have the whole competition angle and they the viewing is, let me see, if, let's see, um, another quote here or another line from there according to FTC's complaint consumers have paid daily fantasy sports unlikely to view season long sports as a meaningful substitute for paid daily fantasy sports due to the length of the season long contents the complaint also alleges that entry or expansion by other providers is not likely to pro- provide timely or sufficient competition to offset the anti-competitive effects of a merger that's something i completely disagree with Um, because I am fairly certain, in fact, I know for a fact in speaking to some of these people that the competitors in this market who are out there today basically told the FTC, you know what? I've got no problem with this. You know what? The, The merger, fine by us. So if this was true, if they really view that, you know, this is worse for other people to come into this space, then why? Why would those owners have the opinion of that? We're fine with it. We hope it happens. We think it's good for us. Why would they say that if they didn't think it was true? Of course, it's better for them. Undoubtedly, I've explained time and time again why it's better for competition to have these guys come together because In my eyes, a duopoly today is worse than a quote-unquote monopoly if these two come together and run one combined platform. And I say that because you're still, you put two companies together 
Two and two doesn't equal four. Two and two probably equals 3.2 or something like that in terms of the amount of overlap that you have by players. And I think we've seen, especially when you consider, you know, half million dollar tournaments on both sites at the same time, that this industry is big enough to have two players in it. If two combine to one, that means there's major opportunity there for somebody to grab up that market share of number two. And I say that because, let's face it, people want options. People want multiple places where they can play that's not just the Fan Kings, Draft Duel, whatever the heck the combined entity would have been called. And that would have been a great opportunity for whether it's somebody like Draft, like Fantasy Draft, uh, or the number of other kind of upstart companies that, that are coming into the market for them to kind of take that spot. But it's going to be that much more difficult for them to do it because you've got to overcome two giants right now instead of one. And you're not really overcoming one. You're just taking a big piece of the overall pie away from that because we've seen it as an industry. You can sustain in terms of liquidity of players, liquidity of money, two really big sites out there. Because I don't think for a second, if FanDuel NBA is running a half a million dollar tournament, DraftKings the same night's running a half a million dollar tournament, that suddenly if they run that million dollar tournament every single night, it fills. I don't think so. Because I think the, the overlap is too large between those two. And when you consider the legislation that we have all across the daily fantasy landscape where you've got entry limits, you're only allowed 150 entries into it, I don't, I don't necessarily think you see that double. But I do think that other people look at it and say, hey, well, we, we want a second site. We've always had a second site. And I think that was an ample opportunity for one of these companies or maybe even a company that isn't in the market today to get major, major backing and make that play and actually have a legitimate fight to see who could gain that next market share. Right now, it's going to be an uphill battle. There's no question about it. And I think that's exactly why you saw those competitors in the space say, we're fine with it. Because they knew, they knew it was better for them if it happened. The FTC didn't know it, or at least they didn't listen to them because they view it as anti-competitive. But I don't believe that for a second. There is plenty of big dollar companies, especially gaming companies, who I've said it long ago, are sitting on the sidelines uh, waiting to jump into this space. They're letting FanDuel and DraftKings do all the heavy lifting, and there's going to be a day where they jump in here, whether it's an investment into somebody. And now the question is, you know, can FanDuel and DraftKings survive, or does one of them fade off? Does one of them suddenly get sold for pennies on the dollar? Because the brands are too strong. They have too many accounts. You know, they've got a lot of stuff that's still desirable for people to buy, um, but they're not going to pay a premium for it. You know, those investment dollars, you know, forget about whatever the quote-unquote valuation is. You know, somebody can come into the market, whether it's an MGM or a Caesars, and just pick them up and be like, okay, we've got 7 million accounts here on DraftKings. I think I read that's how many people they have who have accounts worldwide on DraftKings. Like, that contains a ton of value. Um, but I don't know that that is or is not going to happen. But the thing is, is imagine if one of these sites does end up not making it. Guess where that puts us? Oh, right. It puts us right back into where we were before 
with a quote-unquote monopoly because one site will be there and the other one won't. So uh, I, I just I just don't really like the argument. I think actually Dustin Gawker might have actually said it best on Twitter where he said, you know what, maybe legally by letter of the law in terms of what they classify as a monopoly or not, it's not legal for them to come together. But in the same vein... Maybe it is still the best thing for the industry if they did. And I kind of think that he's onto something with that one. Again, I can't speak to the legality of it, but I do think it's not fair to necessarily categorize the daily fantasy space in the same vein that you do a lot of other businesses. And I still am trying to figure out how a Sirius XM merger can happen and a DraftKings and FanDuel one cannot, because I view it extremely similar. Now, getting back to the rake side of things, you know, people are going to have said to me, well, Dan, now we've got competitive rake. Maybe FanDuel will drop the rake and all the people there who are playing on DraftKings will say, you know what? Look at that. (laughs) Instead of 15% rake over on DraftKings or 13% draft on on DraftKings, we get eight on FanDuel. Let's move all of our play over to FanDuel. Well, I've got news for you, boys and girls. And if you think your average consumer of daily fantasy sports gives a you-know-what, a pile of poop about Rake, then I've got news for you. They absolutely don't. They don't care one iota what it is. Should they care? Sure. But do they care? No. And that's why that's not going to be something that is going to drive people from one site to another. In, in theory, you would say, yes, I can get a better deal. I'm going to go here. If I like Coke and Pepsi, and you know what? Coke is going to be 30 cents cheaper across the board than Pepsi, then yeah, maybe I will. It's basically the same product, but 30 cents cheaper, I'll do it. It doesn't work that way with Daily Fantasy. The only thing that matters to your average players out there is who has the largest games. Liquidity has been the name of this game from the very beginning. And as long as both of these teams can sit, continue to offer well-sized games across the daily fantasy industry, people will continue to go to them. Absolutely. Guarantee it. That's what's going to happen. And what the fees are associated with those things, yeah. I don't care. I'm playing for 50,000 first place. Playing for 100,000 first place. It's just never been something that was a driver. Is it a driver for the top flight players? Absolutely, because they're cognizant of it. But even them, it's hard for them to walk away. If they're making money, they can look at their edges and say, okay, well, let's see. We 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 add 2% here. Am I still, oh, I'm still making money. Yeah, I'm going to keep playing. So I just don't think it's a driver. It should be, and that's why continue to push rake free at our sponsor site, Fantasy Draft, because it's a huge, 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 huge way to last longer and make more money. But you got to remember, the majority, the 90% of the people playing this game are doing it for entertainment. Do they want to win? Sure, we all want to win. But explain to me how on two-game NBA slates, two-game NFL slates, you have like million-dollar contests running. You do it because those games are on TV. 
people want to have a rooting interest. They want to build a fantasy team. And, oh, you know what? Maybe I'll win some money. But most times, people are going into that, spending that money as a form of entertainment. As, you know what? Great. Maybe I'll win 10 bucks, or maybe I'll lose 10 bucks. If I win 10K, that's great. If I win 50, that's great. But so few of these guys are looking at it from the bankroll management side of things. And obviously, things like our analyzer that we that we offer and our uh, our plugins that go to the sites themselves and identify what the rake is for players. Like we're trying to provide tools that make life easier for pay- people to recognize the games that they can become more profitable in or follow their own play and recognize the games where they are more profitable, whether it's head-to-heads, whether it's 50-50s, whether it's GPPs. But again, Roto-Grinders is a big community, but there's so many people who just are drafting these games to have something to root for on a given night. Because let's face it, those small slate games, they're not the best brand of game. I've talked about it time and time again. Two game slates for NBA are miserable. I hate them. It's terrible gameplay. You know, how many people were saying we should do the rolling days out there for NBA playoffs? Give us the rolling days so we get four games instead of two. Nope, not going to do it. Why? Because your average Joe who's playing wants to put in their money that night, watch the games on TV, and get paid out. And they don't care whether it's a better game or a better experience. And I'm not talking, and again, people who are on Roto-Grinders, people who are at Fantasy Labs, people at Daily Roto, of course, like, yeah, like, they get it. More options, better gameplay, yay. But again, that's a small, I mean, that's, I don't say a small subset, but it's just a subset of the entire people who are playing. Like, I, I don't know what it is. I have no idea. I'd be so curious to know what percentage of people who have accounts at DraftKings also have an account at Roto-Grinders or any kind of community site out there. It doesn't have to be our own, but obviously we're the biggest. I'd be very curious what those numbers are, and it's way smaller than I think most people out there probably believe it is. Because let's face it, the people in our community have very strong opinions about it. And we do a lot of good through those opinions a lot of times. But I'm also a realist. I've been in this industry about longer than 99% of you who are listening to this podcast. I know how things work. And I just don't believe for a single second that this merger was meant to happen to screw you. I don't. And I confidently say that. Um, And I just hope that by it not going through, this industry can remain strong because the status quo over the last year and a half hasn't been great. Hasn't been great. It's been okay, but it hasn't been great. And that's where we are right now. And the future, I don't know. Like, I thought I kind of knew what was going to happen when they merged. What's going to be like in the next six months after football season this year? Can't tell you. But my guess is it's going to be not too much different than we have already today. Because people want multiple places to play on. So FanDuel and DraftKings are going to truck on. If anything, I, you know, I, I think the way that these companies are run are going to be streamlined. And I know FanDuel obviously had cuts 
maybe six months ago, year ago or so, that were pretty significant. And I'd be curious to see if we see similar things at DraftKings just out of necessity. And if they don't, does the rake rise? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. So, you know, that was, that's pretty much where I stand on it. Um, obviously, we'll see what happens in November when they go to court. But it was not the, it was not the outcome that I was pre- predicting. But I also don't think you can look at a monopolized market in other, uh, in other genres of business necessarily and think it 100% applies here to DFS. Because I just don't know if this competitive market between FanDuel or DraftKings in terms of pricing even freaking matters. Because let's face it, if DraftKings raises or, or bumps rake up to 17% in a, in a low-dollar GPP or 18% or 20% and they fill it, what's going to make FanDuel, what are they going to do? They're going to keep theirs at 15? Or are they going to say, oh, they're selling theirs out at 20. Why don't we just bump ours up to 20? Right? So, interesting. Interesting. So, there we go. That's my feeling on it. And, uh, and yeah. So, not what I expected. But, again, I don't think, and I think, if you want to believe that, that this is a shill opinion for the sites, go right ahead. And I know a lot of people will absolutely do that. But, you know, I think I've been forthcoming enough to levy honest opinions over here in the past. And, and like I say, I don't even know if it's, uh, if it's a situation where it's better for the consumer for them not to be merged, but I know it's probably not worse. That's what I'll say. Because I don't see a sudden big shift in competitiveness between these two sites. Don't see it. I see it survival, and survival really means one thing, and that's trying to build more revenue. And I think you all know the quickest path to doing that. So, Uh, There you go. That's my outlook on uh, what happened with the merger. Uh, We do have a dual slate tonight, and uh, I'm going to talk about that here in a moment. But uh, we're only going to talk the evening games, the afternoon games. Uh, Stevie's got you covered on the Morning Grind podcast. But before we do, I need to tell you about my friends over at Harry's Razors. That's right. Uh, I am a Harry's customer, and that means I get... Awesome razors delivered right to my door, like 3 million other guys have done, and it's done at an incredibly fair price. Uh, Harry's super confident that you're going to love their blades, and I hope that you do, because I got to tell you what, it I shave, you know, not just my face, but I shave my head as well, because I got to look sharp, you know, if I don't shave my head, I'm going to have that professor look, and you don't want that professor look unless A, you're a professor, and I'm not, and no offense to those of you who are, or have the professor look, but for me, my wife does not want me to have the professor look. So she said, just keep shaving it off. So I got to get good blades, and the quality, the closest to the shave, have been just incredible with Harry's. So uh, again, Andy and Jeff, they are a couple of ordinary guys who are not excited about paying those incredibly overpriced um, razors that you find. You know, think about this for a second. Razors, pretty simple. To, to build, you'd say, they, they cost so much that you ha- when you go to like CBS or Walgreens, you, you have to get the key sometimes to get in there and get them. 
because they're so freaking expensive. Now, you don't have to worry about that with Harry's razors. You know, they've bought their own German factory, 100 years of blade-making experience there, and they deliver them right to your door at the fair prices. And, uh, you know, they're going to give you an opportunity to try this on your trial shave, and you're going to get it for absolutely free. And all you have to do is go to harrys.com slash rotogrinders, and you're paying just the three bucks for the shipping. That's it. You're going to get a great razor, uh, five precision engineered blades, lubricating strip, and uh, a rich lathering shave gel, a travel blade cover, and I think you'll enjoy it. It's a $13 value absolutely for free when you sign up. Just uh, cover the $3 shipping, and the wonderful thing is if you're not getting good use out of it, it's not what you expect, you can cancel at any time, but we certainly hope you give them a try. So get your free trial over at harrys.com slash rotogrinders. That's harrys.com slash rotogrinders. Check them out, harrys.com slash rotogrinders. $13 value for just $3 in shipping uh, and a great sponsor here of this very podcast. All right, let's get to the evening slate in daily fantasy baseball here tonight. And uh, this is a tidy little one, two, three, four, five, six gamer for us tonight, so it's pretty cut and dry, I think, in terms of uh, the way that I'm building up my teams. A reminder for you over on FanDuel, single entry series continues on, and it is the blast. It's a $50 buy-in. I know it's a little bit more, but think of it this way. Smaller field that you're dealing with, and again, top four scores throughout the week. So uh, definitely playing that one. Tonight's one is a $20,000 tournament. Uh, so 454 entries, $50 a piece. And guess what? Everybody's only got one. So we did this. People like the even playing field tournaments. Well, we set up a tournament within a tournament here with the single entry series over at FanDuel. So make sure you're playing in that. Um, but uh, tonight... Uh, you know, I, I think it's pretty easy for me uh, in terms of my starting pitcher that I'm using. Uh, I think it's going to be Luis Severino. He is a really strong favorite today against the Angels. And his last start was a little bit rough, but uh, 228 is a monster, monster number for him. And obviously, you've got that prolific Yankees offense behind him, which is uh, really beneficial on a site like FanDuel where you get those extra win points. Quality start, I think he's going to hit likely here tonight. If you're playing on Fantasy Draft, there's enough value out there to clearly make him work tonight. So he is my no-brainer that I'm putting into my lineup. Um, the question is, where do we go with SP2 on some of these other sites? And, you know, one name to uh, that is pitching today and, and making his debut is Andrew Moore. Now, he's only available on Fantasy Draft. And kudos to our sponsor site for doing an excellent job of getting a lot of these pitchers out there. And let me take that back. DraftKings has them too. FanDuel did not see him in the player pool today, but he's 4,700 over on DraftKings. Uh, he's like 9K over on Fantasy Draft today. So those are the two sites you can play him. And he's a guy who was looking at his minor league numbers. And uh, he profiles as a pretty good pitcher. He has really good command of his pitches. The strikeout numbers have gone up at AA and AAA. And he's really just skyrocketed through the minor leagues here and is making his debut at a pretty early age. And I think a lot of people are curious on whether or not he is ready. And the one thing, you know, at least Vegas's perspective here tonight, they've got him instilled as a uh, minus 114 favorite. It's not a strong number by any measure, obviously, going against um, the uh, Detroit Tigers here tonight. But still, nonetheless, uh, they like him enough to, uh, to be a favorite in this matchup versus Daniel Nor Norris. And uh, certainly a guy that I am willing to pay 
uh, down for if there's bats that I want to pay up for. If you want to get all the Yankees, if you want to hope Judge gets it going here tonight, then obviously there's a path to doing so. Now, Ryu is another really solid favorite today against the Mets, and we saw Rich Hill actually pitch pretty well yesterday for the uh, for the Dodgers, and Ryu's kind of intriguing today. Uh, and, you know, depending on where you're playing, this the, the price and the savings, he's 7K on FanDuel, 7,100 on DraftKings. Um, uh, the problem is he's definitely, you know, been given up some decent contact here and, you know, eight hits in five innings, six and four, seven and seven. Uh, the K upside has been solid the last two starts. Uh, the question is, you know, can he keep it going here? And I do like using lefties versus this Mets lineup because I do think it neutralizes guys like Jay Bruce a little bit. Obviously, Granderson and Conforto. So I'm not against using him here. Steven Matt's opposite of him as well. And he's not a super strong favorite. We've seen, you know, Hill yesterday was like minus 220. And he pitched like garbage for the better part of this season. So that's a little bit of caution there on, on Ryu. But I think he is one guy to consider. Jake Arrieta, I was a little surprised to see only at minus 125. And I know it's a road game for the Cubs who haven't been phenomenal this season. Uh, but it's going against Jeff Locke, a guy who's not pitched well against Chicago here uh, lately. And uh, I expected – I would have pegged that at like minus 140 today, probably where the uh, the the Ryu line came in. So since that didn't come in where I expected, uh, a little bit of concern there. The Braves and the Giants, we got to check out the weather out there. But, you know, Jaime Garcia is a guy who's been pitching uh, much better as of late. Finally kind of got hit up his last start, gave up six earned runs. But – had not allowed three or more in the, looks like, four starts before then. He does go deep into games. Giants offense kind of all over the map. I don't love using lefties against them, but, uh, again, the Giants with an implied run total of only four today. So uh, if you want to go there for your uh, second pitcher spot, I don't have a problem with it. But I think I might take a shot at Andrew Moore and get some bats in there because I think this kid – could be okay, and he's just free, basically, out there. It costs next to nothing, and the the pitchers I get nervous with and using who are young are ones that don't show good command in the minors, lose the strike zone, uh, put people on base, and he doesn't appear to be that guy at all based on his uh, minor league numbers, so uh, I think Andrew Moore is kind of an intriguing SP2 option for us. All right, let's take it positional here. And again, if you're playing on fantasy draft, you don't need to go positional. Catcher today, obviously a spot which uh, on FanDuel and DraftKings you got to do over on there. You don't necessarily need to. Uh, I think Buster Posey though against Garcia is kind of interesting for me. He's really cheap on FanDuel today and not crazy expensive on DraftKings. I think that you're going to see Gary Sanchez probably have twice the ownership today, but Posey with a 404 Woba the last two years against lefties, a 330 average, and an ISO around two, you know, makes him a desirable target for me. He's 700 cheaper on FanDuel than Gary Sanchez, so I like Buster Posey in that in that you know positive hitting environment. Assuming he cracks that lineup, he's going to bat cleanup likely today, and uh, and he's the guy I think I like most. You can make an argument for Avila at 3-2 against the youngster and more. Again, really good numbers for him. The uh, ISO 223, 388 Woba against righties the last couple of years for Avila at 3.2. And then your pay down for me is going to be Wilson Contreras against Jeff Locke. Uh, again, solid numbers, over 300 average and 370 Woba against lefties. And uh, we'll see where he comes in the batting order. They've been really messing things around with moving Rizzo to uh, the leadoff spot. So 
Contreras could back cleanup at under 3K today on DraftKings. FanDuel, or on FanDuel, on DraftKings, he's priced up much higher over there. And I'm not sure if I need to use any of those guys on Fantasy Draft, but the guy who stands out as like the elite value play on Fantasy Draft, and this is weird because I said I might just use the pitcher against him, um, but that's uh, Andrew Moore. He's only 6,600, Miguel Cabrera, on Fantasy Draft tonight. And I know he hasn't been phenomenal. He finally got a hit yesterday, but had gone three straight games without one. Did go on a nice run before then. He's just too talented to be under 7K. And when you've got positional flexibility over there, uh, it's not like you're eating up a first base spot that you want to spend on somebody else. So uh, I love him there. I think he's he's probably going to be like 80% owned on Fantasy Draft tonight, but I'm not going to be in the 20% that doesn't play him. Uh, the names that I like, I think Matt Adams against Matt Cain today. This guy is Man, he's really put up almost like like all-star type numbers since going over to Atlanta. And Matt Cain's a guy whose numbers, his road splits, are just so significant here um, in his career, certainly over the last couple of years, that uh, if I can take the big left-handed bat, a guy who usually, you know, his struggles are in making contact, and Matt Cain does not strike anybody out. Those two things really align, and uh, I'm willing to pay that 3400 on FanDuel, 4400 on DraftKings, a bit pricier, but I'm fine with it. And then you've got the best BVP of the day in Anthony Rizzo, who suddenly thinks he's uh, Ricky Henderson in terms of the power numbers and you know becoming an elite leadoff hitter or something because he just seemingly hits home runs day in and day out. And I think he's got five of them in his career against Jeff Locke. So uh, again, if you're playing on Fantasy Draft and you've got that flexibility to roster him and Miggy together, uh, I am just fine with that play here tonight. But he's a guy that... Uh, certainly, you know, if you're a BVP believer, you're going to probably want to play him today. Uh, over at second, this is a, a pay down spot for me. Uh, obviously your pay up options in this position are, you know, uh, guys like what Robinson Cano against Daniel Norris, lefty on lefty at 3.2, Kipnis 3.3, even D Gordon against Arietta. Meh, I mean, he's fine if he gets on base, stolen base upside potentially, but uh, I'm kind of paying down here today, and I think Javier Baez is uh, a guy I'm looking at. 2,400 on FanDuel, 30, uh, what, 33 over on DraftKings. And again, on, on Fantasy Draft, I'm probably not playing a second baseman today because I don't think you have to. But uh, if Baez cracks this lineup tonight, uh, just cheap, you know. I mean, yes, Ian Happ, if he's playing, probably a better option. 357 ISO in uh, his. 28 at-bats against lefties, small sample size, of course. But Baez has always been solid as well. 352 Woba, 186 ISO. And uh, and he's a guy that I, I think I prefer at this position is my pay down. Um, not a whole lot else that really – I mean, there's all those guys at 3-2 like Castro and Kinsler. Castro's fine. I mean, he's really expensive on DK and, and fantasy draft today because they you know expect a lot of runs there from the New York Yankees. But uh, I think I want to save if I have to roster a second baseman today. All right, moving on to third base, and uh, let's see, I did a mock FanDuel lineup tonight, and uh, clearly we got Chris Bryant under 4K today against the lefty is something that I got to pay attention to. 450, the Woba against Southpaw is the last two years, and he's under 4K tonight. So, you know, we a lot of the other big third basemen are uh, are are playing in the uh, in the early slates today, so we don't have guys like Arenado or Lamb. Uh, in Coors Field to look at the play. So he stands out. I mean, I think he'll be mega chalk over there on FanDuel tonight. 
uh, just because we're limited in the you know number of people that we have to play at that position that is remotely close to him, price per dollar value. Uh, DraftKings, again, 4900 there. Fantasy Draft at 9600 Obviously, if you're paying down at starting pitcher, and you, know, you can clearly get him in your lineup, and I'm just fine with that one. If I had to t- take a crack at value tonight, maybe Logan Forsyth against Steven Matz at 2.5 um, is the guy that I'm looking at tonight, but that's a pretty big if. I'm not likely doing that here today. Uh, over at shortstop, Frankie Lindor. Good call by my friend Beer Makers fan on the XM show last night. Uh, loved him, and sure enough, went yard. And I think going back to him is a smart play, uh, especially FanDuel-wise. His price way too cheap over there. Uh, I'm probably not going Seager lefty on lefty. I mean, the numbers just are not good in that handedness. 328 Woba, 168 ISO. I mean, just uh, feels like twice those numbers are doubled versus righties. They're not doubled, but they feel like they are. So uh, considering he had that three home run game the other night, you're not getting the discount on him. So I'm probably liking uh, Frankie Lindor a little bit today. Uh, if you're looking for a pay down, you know, Dansby Swanson, potentially. I mean, no real power at all in that bat, but I wish he was like 2,400 on DraftKings. He's like 34 or 3,400 on DraftKings, 29 on FanDuel. Wish he was a little bit cheaper. Um, and maybe if uh, if Camargo is in the lineup today uh, against Matt Kane, he's another option for you. Is a little bit cheaper. So uh, picking on Kane is not not a bad play at all today. Um, yeah, so that's kind of it for shortstop. Let's get to the outfield. And another guy who's got really big BVP today is uh, Matt Kemp. Uh, 16 hits and 64 at-bats, four homers, five doubles against Matt Cain. Now, obviously, those numbers go back quite a few years. But they also go back quite a few years when Matt Cain was good. And he's not good. So uh, he's a real moderate salary today on FanDuel in particular at uh, at 3,300. Let's see, his numbers on Fantasy Draft and DraftKings here tonight are uh, 8K on Fantasy Draft, 41 on DraftKings. So yeah, I'm actually fine with it across the board today uh, as a play. Nelson Cruz gets a lefty at home on a six-game slate. I would play Nelson Cruz versus a lefty at home. That trend usually amounts to a good number of fantasy points, and there's no 12K pitcher out there, so you can afford to get him into your lineup. So uh, might be chalky. Maybe it's a tournament fade for, for you today, but if you're playing cash games, I think we just plug him in and, and kind of move on. Um, outfielders, I'll be curious to see what the Dodgers roll out. If Kiki Hernandez is playing today, I certainly don't mind him. He's been uh, fairly solid versus lefties. Uh, 244 ISO, 343 in that WOBA. So he's 2.3 on FanDuel and uh, looks like 3,100 on DraftKings. So I'm hoping we can get a nice value bat high in the order, uh, you know, potentially here in this game. Chris Taylor, another name to consider, 3,300. Been really good versus lefties for the Dodgers this season. Uh, let's see. Um, you see Puig, we saw him take one deep yesterday, strut around, and he's probably going to get hit here today. So, uh, I don't know. I didn't, did, did he end up getting, I don't know if he got end up getting hit yesterday, but I saw on the highlights that, uh, got into a little bit verbal altercation there with, uh, I think it was Lucas Duda over at first base or whoever was at first base, but, uh, certainly something to consider. Uh, if you're looking for a one-off home run, I mean, Cespedes is, just ridiculous versus left-handed pitching. So uh, 461 in that Woba, 322 in that ISO. So 
putting him near into your lineup is not a uh, not a bad idea potentially here tonight. Uh, let's see, uh, Aaron Judge against Jesse Chavez, obviously, guys on another planet. Uh, and how about the number? Like we've had more home runs through this point of the season than any time in baseball history. Hmm, interesting. I don't think we're I don't think we're going through like another steroid uh, thing right now in baseball. But it wouldn't shock me if like the balls themselves are tinkered with in some form or fashion. Or maybe guys just don't give a crap about striking out and just swing for the fences every time out. So who knows? Uh, Trumbo, another guy I don't mind is a one-off here today. Just really strong power numbers versus right-handed pitching and getting Clevenger out there at uh, at at a $3,500 salary on FanDuel and only 43 on DraftKings. Uh, a nice one-off as well on FanDuel for some home run upside. We'll see if El, uh, El Mora, where he comes in in the batting order today, tough to roll him out if he's batting ninth. If he's higher up in the order, you know, a 300 average and almost 380 Woba against lefties. Uh, so against Jeff Locke, obviously the Cubs stack, going to be a desirable play today. Uh, so there you go. That's it. That's some uh, industry news for you and a six-game slate in today's tidy little podcast. We thank Fantasy Draft for throwing their name on this show. Check them out. Support them. Again, the 100K tournament happening in just a uh, week or two. And tomorrow, nice little tournament as well. Uh, I think 25K in their Grand Slam there. So uh, support them. They allow us to do this podcast for you for free. They support the Happy Hour Show. Brings you that for free. So if you enjoy a lot of the free stuff you have, play over there. Run through our links, and then, therefore, you're getting access to the premium content on that site. Uh, I'm back tonight on XM, and it's a serious XM mix-up. So you're actually going to get cards tonight from 4 to 6 on the Fantasy Alarm Show. And then you're going to get me from 6 to 7 with Ray Flowers. So you're going to get doubly the bald guys here today on Sirius XM right before roster lock tonight. So uh, he and I will be doing the show, and then uh, tomorrow it'll be him in beer and uh, I'll be doing a show Friday with my good friend David Kitchen tomorrow morning. So I love that. That's good stuff. Like uh, Kitchen's a guy who was one of our very first hosts. I think actually our first host. I think he and Beer were the first guys we ever had on Grinders Live with myself. So uh, excited to kind of get back and do some content with him. He's done an awesome job over there uh, at Fantasy Insiders. And guy who has a special place in my heart. So uh, it'll be fun to do a show a couple hours with him. Uh, that's Friday morning, so mark that on your calendar. I think 9 to 11. Uh, but that does it for me. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, I'll talk to you again tomorrow here on the podcast. And uh, good luck in all your contests. Please follow us over there on iTunes. Leave us a review. That helps us out a ton. And uh, good luck, and we'll see you tomorrow here from rotogrinders.com. Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for Dad this Father's Day. We do it right, too, with deals that'll make Dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series gas grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet and do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Charbroil offer valid through 612, Craftsman offer valid through 619, U.S. only. Pros do it right by relying on trusted brands to get the job done. 
Lowe's is here to help with more of those brands in stock like DeWalt and Little Giant. We stock the largest in-store selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories of any national retailer. Now save $60 on a two-pack of DeWalt 20-volt max batteries, now just $99. Plus, we now offer the Little Giant King Combo Ladder, the world's first step, extension, and leaning ladder, giving you the flexibility to do just about any job for only $159. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 616, U.S. only. 